What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 55. That's insane. My little hockey show where once a week I go through all the news and all the crap that's going on in the NHL. I'm a big ol' NHL fan, been a fan for over 20 years. I like to focus on... You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, but I can talk about just about any hockey team, no problem. So we're going to get into the news this week. We got a lot of things to talk about. We got news about the Vegas Golden Knights. We got Panthers news. We got players that are returning for one more season. We got signings. We got buyouts. And a special someone has returned to Calgary and oh my goodness I cannot wait for that we'll take a look at some of the upcoming unrestricted free agents because we're getting awfully close to free agency time so we'll take a look at some of the biggest names and potentially maybe where they land and we'll take a look at the updated draft rankings since again we are right the draft is right around the corner so we'll take a look at some of the names that are going to be on the board so let's start off with the Vegas Golden Knights. Since they are the Stanley Cup champions and all, we'll give them their, their due and start off with them. They had their big old uh, Stanley Cup uh, parade, and that went very, very well. We got a lot of very good, I, I don't know, viral moments, I guess, out of it. The William Carlson speech to Vegas was was one of the most drunk speeches I have ever seen in my life, but it was the most appropriate thing ever. I mean... So many things, right? Like Carlson, one of the original misfits. He was just launched to the sun by Columbus. The guy, no one expected anything out of him. He shows up in in uh, Vegas, has a 40-goal season, which, yes, I understand he has not gotten to that level ever again. But ever since that season, the guy has been a bona fide top six, top nine forward, beloved by his fans and his teammates. And to watch him go out there and have that slurry, just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. It was so... It was quite good to see. I heard that Nick Haig also had a really good moment. I haven't had the time to check out that one yet. But, I mean, pictures of Jack Eichel and Vegas Golden Knights running down the strip barefoot, holding up the Stanley Cup. I mean, fuck yes. It is exactly what I expected to come out of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights winning the Cup in Vegas, celebrating in Vegas with the Vegas fans. Vegas. I mean, yes, it was going to be a shit show. Things were going to get crazy, but a really great feel-good moment. I mean, there was other ones like Petriangelo uh, being on the ice with his daughter. That was a really, really heartfelt moment that was really nice to see. His daughter was sick. I can't remember the, what she got diagnosed with, but it's always extremely scary to uh, see a child get sick like that. And thankfully, she has recovered now on the ice with her daddy to celebrate that win with him. I mean, though Petrangelo has won a cup prior in St. Louis, he still claimed, like, this is an amazing moment. And he would do, like, oh, I can't imagine, man. I can't, I can't put it into words, and most of the time, that's what the players say. They're like, describe this moment, and you just can't, but oh my goodness. So the big thing for me is uh, the future of Phil Kessel. So Phil Kessel on the ice, celebrating with his teammates, and I mean, the stories about Phil have been coming out now. Uh, they just had, I think it was Marcia So and... White Cloud on Spit and Chicklets this week, and they were talking, especially Marcia So was talking about Phil Kessel. They're great buddies, and everyone in that Vegas locker room just loves Phil Kessel. The guy is a quote machine. They 
they copy like his phrases, the way that he talks, and it, they just discussed how important he is in the locker room, how funny he is, how he can loosen up the room, and like nothing really bothers him. It's it really makes me feel good. Like I was a Phil Kessel fan long before it was cool to like Phil Kessel. I was all about Phil Kessel during his really rough days in Toronto, where everyone hated him and the and the fucking hot dog stuff. Like no. Always loved Phil Kessel. Always respected Phil Kessel. Even when he was a Bruin, man, I liked Phil Kessel back then as well. Uh, I remember when he was getting drafted, there was... He was in the draft with Sidney Crosby. There was a couple, you know, it, this happens every draft that, oh, what if someone takes Phil Kessel? Phil Kessel, you know, was teased at times, maybe to get picked before uh, Crosby. I mean, that's mostly clickbait, but, you know, it was him that was selected um, to be maybe up against uh, Crosby. So that was cool, man. Like, I'm just so damn happy for Phil Kessel. And the best thing is he still wants to play. So that is awesome. I don't know where or what he is going to do for the future if he's going to remain with the Vegas Golden Knights it's going to be tricky right because Phil Kessel still has his Iron Man streak that's probably at this point of his career the most important thing to keep going he just wants to keep it going for as long as possible so with that being said with Phil being scratched for the entirety of the playoffs he I don't know if a playoff bound team is necessarily going to be the best fit for him if he wants to keep that Iron Man streak going if I had to throw a team out there just off of the top of my head, maybe a Chicago would be a cool spot for them. They're going to be an up-and-coming team. Having a guy like Phil Castle, three-time Stanley Cup champion, I mean, great locker room guy, can really ease some things in there. Now, I, don't, I know some people don't think he's the best role model because he... People believe that he doesn't train hard or try hard, and I can tell you that that's just all not true. Phil Kessel is a monster. He is a gym... I wouldn't call him a gym rat, but when he's in there, man, he's one of the strongest guys. Like, he is a NHL player for a reason. He is... He's got a ridiculously athletic body. I mean, though it doesn't look like it, he's just naturally gifted. But I think Phil Kessel could be a great addition to a team like Chicago, someone maybe on the rise up that could... They don't have to really necessarily worry about wins, and they can have Phil Kessel in the lineup every night, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Rather, he's play. I don't know if his top six days are really uh, there with him anymore. I can recall. I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to the episode of my uh, before the season predictions. I remember vividly uh, two predictions: one that the Boston Bruins were going to miss the playoffs. That was a whoopsie right there. And my other prediction was that Phil Kessel was gonna get like 70 points, 20, 25 goals. Big comeback season for Phil Kessel. Didn't really go out that way, but who gives a shit? He got another cup at the end of it all, so it's all good. So I'm really happy to report that Phil Kessel wants to keep playing. Where do you think he ends up? I don't know if he would end up coming back to Vegas. I imagine everybody in the locker room would love to have that, but... Bottom line is, it's got to be the Iron Man streak. If, If he doesn't feel comfortable that he'll be in the lineup every night... And maybe if they're, if that's going to end up being a problem down the line where it's going to be a big hoopla, kind of like it was with Keith Yandel and his streak in Philadelphia, or it might have been Florida at that time. But I wouldn't want that kind of thing to happen to Phil Kessel, and I feel like he's the kind of guy that wouldn't want that kind of attention either. He just, let's just go somewhere where it's not going to be a problem and you can play the full 82 games or whatever. But I'm just happy Phil Kessel's coming back. And also, Jonathan Quick reported to be coming back as well. He would like to continue his career. I mean, I... I am a fan of a of of the idea of players retiring on top 
But uh, Phil Kessel still got some more in the tank, and it sounds like Jonathan Quick still has more in the tank. I mean, maybe winning that cup just gave you a little bit more fire, a little bit more hunger, I guess, maybe. But, you know, those are two three-time, I believe it's three-time for Jonathan Quick, but, you know, multiple-time Stanley Cup winning champions. They want to come back. Where does Jonathan Quick land? I mean, that is a mystery. He could be, he can land, that one's really crazy, right? Because, like, again, three-time champion, so, like, winning isn't necessarily, like, the highest priority, so is it money? I mean, quick coming off of a fairly hefty contract that paid him nicely for quite a long time there, so I don't really know what Jonathan Quick would want to have out of the remainder of his NHL career. Uh, I would imagine it's going to be backup for somebody, but where, I don't know. So that'll be interesting. So Jonathan Quick coming back, and that's really cool. And now we go to the Florida side. So obviously we have multiple Panthers players. Uh, all the injuries have started coming out for them. You got uh, Kachuk with the broken uh, f- uh, sternum or some shit. He actually played a game with a broken sternum, scored a goal with a broken sternum. Like all of that shit is fucking crazy. Uh, he needed help to even get himself dressed for games. He had his brother Brady there helping him get dressed. And yeah, he's not the only one. He had Gudis getting injured. Paul Maurice came out and said that a lot of the injuries seemed to have occurred during the Boston series. And a lot of these guys just kept going, which commendable, but is it kind of stupid? So we'll discuss that in a moment. I mean, you got Aaron Ekblad that was playing on a broken foot and the guy has so many injury problems. Like, is this something that's going to shorten his career or what is going to happen? So you already have the reports coming out that uh, numerous guys are going to be needing surgery. You got Ekblad's going to be missing the start of training camp or possibly the beginning of the season. Kachuk is going to be under the knife and he's going to be recovering for a long time and probably other guys. So this is fairly normal. This is something that occurs every single playoffs, especially, I mean, after the playoffs, we hear the laundry list of injuries that pretty much everybody was playing with. The, the One of the famous ones is Bergeron playing with the punctured lung. It's like, what the fuck? And this definitely takes a bite out of teams. I mean, this is this is why, uh, I mean, it's devastating all around to lose in the playoffs, but the most devastating to lose in the finals because you've given up so much of your body, man. To get there, it takes a major bite out of you, and it seemed like right out of the gate for the Florida Panthers, those Bruins, they took a bite out of the Panthers, but it got them going. Uh, it seemed adrenaline got them through the, the Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes, and then it seemed like... It's it just kind of ran off. Everything kind of it just every all the pain and the and the injuries really started to pile up and settle in. And yeah, Florida was not Florida by the time they got to the finals there. And on the other end, you got the Vegas Golden Knights who seemed rather uh, almost I wouldn't say uninjured, but they seemed quite good uh, even during those interviews on Spit and Chicklets. They said, "Yeah, we were ready to go for another round. Like they were ready to go." And it's like, okay, well, again, that goes into the conversation of you need luck sometimes to win a Stanley Cup and and having injury luck definitely plays into that and Vegas had it Florida did not but is it stupid for players to play through injuries like that when you know that okay I mean Matty Kachuk maybe playing 50% with the broken possibly less like is there not another player that you can throw in through your depth that could be better than Matty Kachuk at 50% and my concern would be the long-term potential of injury. If I had Matthew Kachuk on my team, I'm the Florida Panthers GM. I just traded everything for this guy, gave him all the money in the world, MVP caliber player on my team this year. Would I risk, I mean, having him go out there with, we already know it's a broken sternum and all that shit. 
is it worth the risk, right? Like at that point, it already seemed like after game one, like it was pretty well over for the Panthers, the way that the Knights were playing. It didn't look like there was very much of a chance for Florida to get back in there. So I know players are tough and I want to play and that's great. I love your attitude and everything, but we need to think long run here. So if you're going to go in there and uh, you could get a goal, but like it's, you're not going to get the win. So is it really worth the risk? Like, I don't know if, if Matty Kachuk just went down when he should have went down, when he was hurt enough to not play like have we turned this recovery process from four months to potentially eight months like is that something that is going on on the regular then it's something that I think we should consider is it worth it at times and I know a lot of the players are going to say yes it is worth it it's the Stanley Cup but I mean it is your career it is you know what I'm saying there's a very good potential for Florida to come back and do maybe what they did again, have another good run in the playoffs. I mean, they're, they have a lot of their team is, I mean, there's players leaving obviously, but a lot of the main pieces are there set in stone. So they have a good chance of coming back, but maybe if they hurt themselves too much, will they miss the playoffs because of the aforementioned injuries of Ekblad? And what if Ekblad and Kachuk aren't there for the home opener? What if they lose Gudis to, Uh, free agency and potentially others I mean is that going to be enough of a fatal blow to the Panthers that were already very shaky coming in uh to the playoffs this season they just barely made it off of a miracle loss to uh for the Penguins against Chicago but I mean look at Dallas they made it to the finals a couple years ago and then they didn't make the playoffs and maybe that's because they were pushing themselves too hard in the finals and playing through injuries that you shouldn't have played through and maybe it hurt them long term in the next season making them miss the playoffs and maybe that could have been their run who knows if they were healthy enough and maybe didn't get beaten up so badly they were a good enough team they made it to the finals before and maybe the next year they would have had enough you know of that knowledge now they were so close to winning now maybe they know what it takes but with all the injuries and and all that stuff they just didn't have it all together and now it took them a few years so maybe they lost some prime years there because they were trying to battle through injuries that they shouldn't have so that's my question do you think it's worth having a player battle through an injury for potentially winning one game in a series that maybe is already lost if it's i understand if it's a tied series like maybe we're tied at two and we're going into that crucial game five it's yeah that that's when the decision becomes all that more tough right like i mean absolutely you would have to kind of put kachuk in the game right but let's and then on the shoe on the other foot you're down three nothing is it really worth it right so i mean they made the decision to to sit kachuk in game five and i think that's when they realize okay guys the series is out of our hands it's really not worth it at this point so I mean, it is what it is. It's something that happens after every single playoffs. Every year we hear about the injuries that these guys were playing through. And I don't know how I feel about that. Sometimes I feel like it's just flat stupidness. Like, I I understand you want to be tough and all that stuff. But sometimes you got to think about the longer term future for yourself, your family, and a whole bunch of even the organization at times, right? So... That's just something that I've been thinking about over the last week with all these major injuries coming out. I just don't want to, you know, see a guy lose a couple of major years in his career because he wanted to get in there and try his best, which is commendable, but a little bit stupid sometimes, I think. So 
there is that. Now, with more uh, news coming out of the out of the finals here, so uh, the ratings have come out, and I mean, not all that shocking, but a little bit shocking. They were actually down forty three percent from last year's finals, so definitely shocking on the on the surface. But if you break it down and actually think about it, it kind of makes sense. So last year, the finals, you had Colorado and who the fuck did they play? Colorado and was it Tampa? Yeah, yeah, Tampa. So, yeah, you have a much bigger on the surface. You have Colorado. I mean, that's a more storied franchise, so you're going to have viewers there. And then you have Tampa Bay, who was going for their third straight Stanley Cup. So there's a big storyline there. So you're going to have more eyes uh, viewing that one than we did this year. This year, you have the Florida team. You have Vegas. I mean, Florida, I mean, we all know that they don't have the biggest, most strong fan base in the United States, though it was, it's been getting better and they're trending upward, which is great. And then you have Vegas, you know, not the most popular team. They're not Canadian, neither team were. So Canadian viewership is going to be down. And then the series itself just was not a competitive series through and through. I mean, Vegas just kind of kicked the shit out of them. And when you take those kind of things into consideration, then yeah, I can kind of understand it because myself personally, like I didn't watch every single minute of the games in the finals because it was so uncompetitive. It was just like, all right, Florida's getting their asses kicked. It's Vegas's cup. And that's disappointing. Like, you really want to have a nice, competitive, close series for the finals. But, you know, with, with the injuries and all this stuff, there's it's a very, very hard and grueling tournament that you got to get through here. So... Uh, chances are one team may be more uh, more refreshed or more in better shape than the other team was, and that seemed to be the case here. And that kind of was the theme throughout the whole entire playoffs, I, th- I felt like. I talked about it a little bit, that some of the games, it just seemed like teams would give up. They're taking their ball and going home. All right, we're getting our asses kicked this game. Fuck it, we'll just we'll rally and, and get it back the next game, and then they do it. They come back and kick the shit out of the other team. It just didn't, I didn't get enough competitive uh, matches though the round one was amazing round one was one of the best rounds uh, that's been here for a while that was extremely fun I really enjoyed the Seattle versus Dallas series that was uh, unexpectedly really really good I had a good time with that one Vegas pretty much kicked the shit out of everybody that they dealt with uh, Edmonton was fun to watch while they were here the Leafs obviously was a stress watch the whole entire fucking time they're in the playoffs it was not even even in victory I mean they got their asses kicked pretty much in every game that they played so it wasn't the most uh, fun run necessarily for the Leafs though them I mean John Tavares scoring that goal that was a moment that that was a glorious, very, very fun moment. Probably the most excited I've gotten uh, since the Leafs drafted Matthews. I mean, there, there hasn't been all that much to get excited about uh, in Leaf Nation, but that was fun. But yeah, ratings are down, but I mean, does is it is it all that big of a deal? I don't really know. I mean, the NHL, I feel, just does a bad job at marketing and doing all that stuff anyway. You can go on, even with other... Anything else that isn't NHL, like AHL, they have their uh, finals going on right now. It's not even shown here in Canada. I know it's the American Hockey League, but it's hockey. They should have it here in Canada, and Sportsnet just drops the ball. They're not going to have anything like that over here, so... It's it's tough, man. Like, you just don't get to see... It's just not here. It's hard to get. You have to have, like, an actual AHL TV subscription and shit. And it's just not going to happen in this day and age. So that's lame. But viewership is down. I mean, it's never cool. I thought it would... I, I was a little bit surprised at the 43%. Because, I mean, Vegas is pretty gosh darn popular. And, but... 
you know, not having Canadian teams in there is definitely going to hurt the the Canadian crowd, though. I really just don't care about that. Like, it doesn't... I really don't care that a Canadian team hasn't won it. Uh, whenever you look at a team that has won the Stanley Cup, they're mostly made up of Canadian players. So, honestly, I really don't care about that. I don't... It really doesn't bother me all that much. Most of the time, uh, you have players that are on those teams. They bring the Cup to Canada anyway for their day with the Cup. So, you know, it's not like the Cup isn't in and around Canada. It was here where I live, like, not that long. I think it was here last summer someone brought it here. And, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It really, really just doesn't bother me all that much uh, that it does to other people. But it is what it is. So, we have the ratings that went down. We talked about that. Let's talk about... Some potential names that are being shopped around in the NHL right now. Let's start off with the Washington Capitals. Uh, reports coming out that they are, in fact, shopping around Kuznetsov and Anthony Mantha. So uh, I guess the marriage is over here for Kuzi and the Washington Capitals. It's kind of been rocky for the last couple seasons here, but he has asked for a trade out again, and it looks like they're going to do that. Though it seems like they're going to have a little bit of trouble dealing away his contracts fairly hefty. I think it's like, it's up there. It's definitely, it's definitely a high cap hit with some term on it. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> there's lots of teams that could take him, like in Anaheim, Arizona could potentially grab him up. It's just a matter of time before someone grabs him up. Doubtful that the the Caps are going to really get anything for him. They're that's just kind of the way that the NHL is right now. You can get a, a quality second line top six player right there, and you could probably get him for next to nothing because a lot of the value is you taking on that salary cap so that the Washington Capitals can do something. And then on terms of Anthony Mantha. I mean, I'm really disappointed that this one didn't work out. I really liked Anthony Mantha. I was hoping that he could potentially become one of those dominating big power forwards, but it just really hasn't come all together just yet. His run with Washington really didn't seem to work out that well, which, again, that sucks. And, yeah, I mean, there definitely will be some interest on this guy if uh, he goes out to market, if they... I I just don't know how much they're going to get for him. Now, you wouldn't think that it's going to be too much because, I mean, he is just shy of $6 million on the cap hit. He's got one more year on that deal. So, potentially, the Caps could retain. I really don't think they are willing or wanting to do that because they are probably trying to do a retool right here, trying to get their way back into a competitive playoff spot because you still have Ovechkin. you got to keep that guy happy. And then, like I said, with Kuzi, he is just shy of an $8 million salary cap, but he does have two years. So, I don't know, like, with that salary cap, does that make his value more or less? I mean, depending on the team, right? So maybe they can send him to a Columbus. I mean, Columbus would love to maybe get a koozie. I mean, I don't know about their salary cap right now, but I mean, they are desperate, desperate for a center over there. He's got a little bit of term on there, so that can help them have a little bit of stability. Uh, is Kuzi a top-line center, first line? I think I thought so, but again, I really haven't been like all that on Kuznetsov for a little while here. It's kind of been in the background, so yeah, maybe he's fallen off. Maybe he's a second line, but... I think a team like Columbus could be a good place for him. Maybe Philadelphia, because they're going for the rebuild. But that guy, I don't know, that's kind of bringing in talent. He could potentially get you some wins that maybe you don't want to. So I'd be interested to hear where do you think that a guy like Kuzi or Mantha could land. Mantha, I don't know, he's still young. He's still got stuff to give, right? I I still don't think he's done, but that salary cap is definitely high. He really hasn't produced to the level for that much money, but... I don't know. I think Kuzi could definitely find a home somewhere. What do you think the Capitals could get for a return off of those guys? 
So we'll swing over now to Vancouver because they're always doing crazy stuff. So they did the thing. They are buying out Oliver Ekman Larson's contract. And yes, this is, I mean, it was a fucking disaster from day one when they made that trade with, with Arizona, bringing this guy in. That was so baffling when they did that, man. So baffling. They had... I think it was three contracts, really bad contracts, one year left, and they're all coming off the books. And then Vancouver was finally going to have some real cap space to play with. But then instead of that, they decided, oh, we just can't wait. We're going to trade off these bad contracts right now and bring in an, one of the worst ones, if not the worst one in the league, in Oliver Ekman Larson. A minor amount of money was retained in that deal, and bam, Oliver Ekman Larson and Garland are now members of the Vancouver Canucks. Personally, I love the Garland thing. I th- I think Garland was a great little player. Uh, it hasn't necessarily worked out all that good for him. They've been trying to trade that guy, I swear, since he got there. I don't know what was going on. I thought he was a good little player. A little feistiness. He's kind of small, but he can score. I like him. But Oliver Ekman Larson, Jesus Murphy, man, like... There was, I, I had no, there was never one thought in my mind, never once did that thought come into my mind that this was going to work out well in any way, shape, or, or form for the Vancouver Canucks. It's going to be a disaster, and that's exactly what it is. And now it is even more of a disaster because they have to buy out the contract. So they're going to be paying Ekman Larson. Uh, they're buying out the remaining four years, which means they're going to be paying him for another eight years. So that's great. And it's going to, it's definitely going to relieve. The pressure on Vancouver this season. After that, it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be like $2 million, I think, against their cap for the next seven years after that. They will get cap relief this season, which they desperately, desperately need. So it's a move that they've made out of necessity, um, but they're burying themselves deeper and deeper and deeper in this fucking hole of theirs that they just, I don't know how they've gotten themselves in here. But here we are. So Ekman Larson's not on the Vancouver Canucks no more. Very good chance that he's going to sign a very team-friendly deal with the Boston Bruins and probably have a fantastic little run there as a bottom six defenseman for the Bruins. Maybe fuck around, win a cup, because that's how that kind of stuff goes, especially for the Canucks. It's not that OEL was bad for the Canucks. It's just the money... Even the position that they put him in, it seems like the offense just has gone away in Oliver Ekman Larson. He was a fairly good offensively minded defenseman. I feel like he was putting up like 50, 60 points potentially at his best in Arizona. And now, like, he's okay defensively. He's okay at offense, but he's getting paid like an elite fucking defenseman. And he is just not. Even when they gave him that money, it was too much. I mean, yeah. So the Oliver, I feel bad for the guy. Like, you feel, I mean, like, you know, with a grain of salt, like, ooh, you're, oh, I feel so bad because you got so much money and now people are kind of ragging on you for making so much money, but, oh, well, just dry your tears with all your millions and millions of dollars, but yes, it, it's more than likely that he'll go to Boston because back when OEL was uh, discussing trade options for him getting out of Arizona, he was only willing to go to Vancouver or Boston. Boston dodged a bullet. Vancouver got just berated with bullets on that one. So there you go. So Oliver Ekman Larson is free. Uh, Vancouver, you're free of him as well. But uh, that that stink is going to be lingering for eight more years because you're going to be paying him. So that's great. Uh, what are they going to do with that extra money? Well, they're probably going to blow it on something stupid. Maybe they'll bring in another bad contract that they think is good. I don't know what they're going to do. Honestly, at this point... 
I, I can really only expect them to do something stupid with it because that's what Vancouver has done for how long now? They've just, they don't know how to spend money well. They, they've been really bad at trades lately. Drafting, oh fuck, who knows? Like, they're, they have a draft pick this year. What are they going to do with it? There's, there's talks that they could potentially trade it for something. They could, have, they could be putting that pick in a deal so that they can get out of some salary cap somewhere. There's potential that they maybe move down because they have an eye on a, maybe a particular defenseman that they're eyeing up and maybe they feel they can get him later. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot that could happen with Vancouver. Again, there's a, lot, there's a couple Canadian teams here that are going to be very, very busy, Winnipeg being the other one, but... Vancouver is also going to be shopping around some players. You got the Brock Besser discussion. So this has been going on for a very long time. Honest to God, I just want Brock Besser to get out of there because I feel like he is a prime candidate for uh, just needs a new change of scenery. That guy's got to get out of Vancouver, go anywhere except maybe the Islanders and score some fucking goals finally. And and most importantly, stay healthy for once. Your hair is so nice. I just, yes, I want you to be successful so it could be potentially Brock Besser could finally get dealt. They've been talking about it for years and years now. There's been a, a long link between him and Minnesota. Maybe it goes down this year. Tough call because Minnesota also is in cap hell. So that's one of the names. Garland is another name. I discussed him. I like the player. I think he's good, though, with the current trend of what Vegas winning and all small players probably aren't going to be very popular right about now, especially small defensemen. Garland isn't a small defenseman. He's a small forward, but I like Garland. It's not like I don't think the Leafs are going to go out and get him or anything like that, but I like him. I think he's a good little player. Maybe Vancouver wasn't utilizing him the best way. I feel like they had him in the top six there at the beginning when he first showed up, and I thought he was doing a good job, and then they moved him down to the third line. It was just kind of like, eh, from there. So I, I don't really know what was going on with Garland, but I like him. Another guy with great hair, so we'll see what's going on with him. And then you have Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers. So this one, everyone used to think that it was a unmovable deal, but apparently with... Uh, the way that he played in that, I think, the, what, the IIHF tournament or whatever, he played well in there. So there's potential that maybe he's played his way uh, into getting some interest around him. So he's finally on his last year in his deal that is paying him $6 million per. So, I mean, when it comes to retaining salary in the, in the Vancouver Canucks, I feel like they desperately don't want to do that. Their whole goal right now is to try and clear up some fucking money because for some reason they decided to trade for Heronic last year and they don't have the money to re-sign him. So again, just geniuses over there in Vancouver. Like, I'm not even a fan and I'm going crazy about it. Just the ridiculousness of what the Vancouver Canucks are doing over there. But yeah, one more year on him. You got... One more year on Car- wait no excuse me if three more years of Connor Garland at just under five million dollars so uh, it's tough man like you might need to hold on to that guy and try and make him get some like get him a hot start or something because I just feel like his value right now is going to be low that five million dollar cap hit may not be something that a lot of teams are very interested in so yeah and then you got Brock Besser he's still got two years on his deal at six and a half six point six million dollars so. I don't know, man. They're shopping. It doesn't mean that they're going anywhere. Like I said, they've been shopping Brock Besser for what seems to be like three, four years now. Tyler Myers, they've been... I mean, if if anyone would take that guy, I'd be shocked. But there's potential, again, with the 
the idea that you need big defensemen on your blue line, Tyler Myers, he's like, what, 6'7"? He's massive, but he's kind of big for nothing, if you're, if you're asking me. But uh, those are apparently some guys that they have been shopping around. I don't know if any of those guys are going to get dealt. If if I were other teams, like I'd be taking advantage of Vancouver. They're so desperate for, for money right now. You could probably steal away some pretty good players from them, if, if, if we're being serious. So with that being being said, we have uh, other buyouts potentially coming out here. Uh, out of Arizona, looks like they're going to be buying out Cassian and Nemeth. They put them on waivers, so with the, the idea of buying them out, good chance that they're going to get bought out then. So uh, Cassian, I feel like he could find a home uh, as a potential fourth liner, maybe even a depth role somewhere on a team that could win because he's definitely got the grit there. Uh, he's had definitely had some ups and downs. I remember when he first got to Edmonton, it looked like, oh my goodness, this guy might have found a spot playing with McDavid. He looked like he was a great fit, and then like it just the touch went away, the finish went away. He couldn't fucking put anything in the net, and that that was pretty much it for him. But I mean, maybe he can find that. I mean, his his run in Arizona, admittedly, I haven't heard a fucking word about the guy since he got there, so probably hasn't been great. But I imagine a team would would take a flyer on the guy and see if he could add some some grit to a team. Like I don't I don't really know. Would the Leafs be interested in a guy like that? I'm not really sure, but maybe. And and then Nemeth. I mean, he's kind of a depth bottom six defenseman. You know, he's he's fine. Again, more than likely going to be able to find a a team that will pay a cheap amount for him. And then there's uh, talks around Edmonton that there is a possible Yamamoto contract buyout coming out, which is uh, a little bit different, right? Because Yamamoto is a is a substantially younger player than your normal buyouts, so uh, that could be interesting. More definitely going to be interest around him, a young player. Uh, getting up there though, so he's almost in that range of he is what he is, but maybe maybe on a different team he can find something. Um, Kind of disapp- I always th- I thought Yamamoto would be able to make it there in Edmonton, but I don't know, man. It's it's not an easy place to break out in Edmonton. It's a tough place to play. I, I would have to say, like even even like finding someone that can play with Connor McDavid, like being on Connor McDavid's wing must be stressful because the dude is just so fast, so intense, and just so on his own level. It's it must be fucking hard to try and play with that guy and and try and keep up with him and try to you know keep him happy and don't get demoted, but. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what's going on. I don't even think Yamamoto was ever really playing on his wing, but I was always hoping for that guy. He's kind of smaller, so again, might be uh, less interest than other years, but I imagine Yamamoto wouldn't have much of a problem finding another team. Again, Edmonton needs to clear up some cap, sa- cap space, so because they got the Bouchard uh, contract that they're going to have to try and... Yeah, they're going to have some things that they're going to have to try and figure out over there. And yeah, I think that's all the guys that have kind of been hearing out there. Uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. So the the buyout market is open now. Those are the only buyouts that we've heard. Heard lots of rumbling about Matt Murray and his contract more than likely could get bought out here. As far as I can tell, there's uh, a benefit to them buying him out or a very minor uh, cap hit against them. Plus, it's also going to fuck over the Ottawa Senators a little bit, so... Good chance that we're going to see Matt Murray getting bought out. I mean, I didn't think Matt Murray was all that bad. He's just getting paid way too much. I think he's still a decent backup goaltender, possibly even a fringe starter if he could just stay healthy for a season. Like, if he can get a whole, a nice, full, healthy season under him again, I think Matt Murray could definitely have a good rebound. But 
man, it's been a while since he's been able to still stay healthy. So interesting. We'll see if there's any other guys that are potentially going to be getting bought out this season. We could see some more. So a uh, funny little article coming out. They're already talking about the the potent, the the winner of next year's cup and who has the best odds and all that stuff. So I forget where this article came out, but they're saying that the Colorado Avalanche are currently odds-on cup favorites for next season's, followed by the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. So pretty standard. I mean, I'm not going to take this for really anything at all. I mean, I think even Avalanche players were like, what? They're picking us? Like, what the fuck? Are they crazy? But... And like even like Vegas's odds weren't that as I mean the odds right now they're going to be stupid because it's such a stupid time to be predicting when the, who the next Cup winner is going to be. There's still a draft to come. There's still free agency. There's still so much the league is about to get shaken up, and they're and they're already trying to predict it. It's pretty pretty stupid. But they're picking Colorado, which again I don't really know about that one. Like, is their goaltending all that good? Like they got the Nikushkin Nichushkin problem, which. Um, we still don't really have anything uh, out of that other than he will be participating in training camps. So that's cool. I don't know if there's going to be any heat between uh, he and his teammates because he did just kind of leave them high and dry in the middle of a playoff run. So that could be a little bit awkward on the incomings. But Leafs and Edmonton, they're kind of like your standard. They're kind of always in there for the last couple of years. They're generally a strong uh, off or a regular season team you got Connor McDavid and Drysaddle on Edmonton so yeah but um the way that the Leafs are right now no absolutely not they are not ready to win a Stanley Cup not with the roster right now and and yeah there's going to be guys leaving like come on now that's just kind of outrageous I think Edmonton would have a better chance winning a cup over Toronto right now yeah, so, I mean, I I giggled when I saw that. I was like, really, we're already doing this? It's like two days after the Stanley Cup has been awarded. We're already talking about this. All right, let's talk about some really awesome news. The Calgary Flames, baby. You guys got a new member to the organization, a familiar name. You might have heard of him. It's Jerome McGinley, baby. Ah, he joins the Flames as a special advisor to the general manager. Who gives a shit? I just want that smile all around. I want to see it every time. He better be in the press box for every game. And I want I want a camera on him at all times with a smile and all that stuff. So welcome back to where you belong, Jerome Aginla. Let's pretend that you were ever an avalanche. Let's let's forget that you're ever a Bruin and a pen. I think he was on Pittsburgh for a second there. Anyway, we'll forget that any of that happened. He's a flame again, so fuck yeah. Happy to have him back. Hopefully, like just the presence of Aginla should be enough to send the the flames to like seven straight Stanley Cups. I'm thinking so should be pretty good that's awesome uh we got some news out of Toronto here just a little bit of rumor rumors basically but it is coming out of the mouth of Friedman here so there is potentially a Matthews extension incoming uh rumored to be an eight-year extension coming out to 13.75 million dollars per how do we feel about that me personally I have no idea how this fucking guy is getting a raise um I feel like they already gave him a advance in money with that first contract. He wasn't worth $11 million when he signed that deal. He didn't prove anything at that point. He he had some injury problems. I know he's a great player. He's pr- arguably maybe the best player the Leafs have ever had. But it doesn't mean you got to pay him like every fucking dollar possible. I mean, if it's going to... if. I can't, I just don't want to get behind giving this guy a raise. I mean, oh, he's got a 60-goal season. Okay, I think, personally, in all honesty, 
that's going to be probably the most that he scores. Because if Matthews is going to become a winner in this league, he's going to have to put away the 60-goal season. He's going to have to start focusing more on other things like he did last season. And he could potentially maybe even take another step and become a 60-goal scorer along with the 200-foot game. And my my biggest concern is the health. He really hasn't been able to put up a healthy season since he got into this league. It really, really concerns me. And, I mean, I'm not really concerned about the down production in his offense last year. I mean, goals, obviously, goals get paid a lot more than assists. He, um, you know, 85 points in, what, 60-some-odd games last season. Definitely on track to be a 100-point-plus player, but never has taken over a playoff series. He's put up points, but he's never been... A player out there that you're terrified of. He's a good player, but he's nothing like a Nathan McKinnon out there. He's nothing like a Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin. When they're on the ice, you know it. They're doing things. They're being successful, and they're putting up numbers. And I'm just not seeing that out of Matthews to to give this guy more money. I just don't understand it. Maybe within eight years, maybe with eight years, I can I can go up a little bit. Like maybe to I how are you paying this guy more than Nathan McKinnon? It can't I cannot do that. You cannot do that. McKinnon is always an MVP. Yes, I know Matthews won an MVP, but did he really though? Like he did nothing in the playoffs that year. McKinnon's a Stanley Cup champion. He fucking he was the dominant guy on that team with McCarr. I mean, come on now. There's no way that Matthews should be making more money than Nathan McKinnon. I can't get behind that. Um, that could be part of the Toronto tax. That could be the part of pay, playing in Canada tax. That could be, I don't know. The fact that maybe they make it very well known. We're going to give you whatever, whenever, however much you want. But I'd be happy to have Matthews sign here for eight years. I'm going to be a little cheesed off if he's getting... I mean, I know on paper it's only like a two, maybe $3 million upgrade in pay, but I just don't think he's earned it. I just don't. I really don't. I think a lot of that, like, to get that much, that that high, you got to have playoff success. You got to have really good playoff success, and they just haven't done it. So they're going to give him that money. Like I said, I'll handle it. It's fine. It'll be a thing, but I, you're not going to build a championship team giving him that much money. You know what I'm saying? So there's that idea out there. There's also the idea of potentially giving William Nylander an eight-year extension. So if that's going to happen, they're they're talking about it's probably going to be in and around eight and a half, nine million dollars. Are you fucking mad? Like how you can't, it's just where are they getting this money from? I don't know where they're getting the money. You can't afford these guys. So you have to break the fucking core up. And if you are willing to pay William Nylander that much money, then you have to get rid of Marner because you can't move Tavares. So you have to deal Marner. And there's talk out there that the William Nylander extension may come out before the Matthews extension, which if they sign William, I love William Nylander. Don't get me wrong, that amount of money will not work. That is too much. Uh, He may be worth that much. I think that's, I'm just saying, for this team, if you want to win here, you can't pay him that much. It's not going to happen. I don't care how much the salary cap is going up. What if it doesn't again? Like, just because they're saying it, I mean, what can you really believe the words that are coming out of Gary's mouth? Like, can we really? I don't know, but it's just too much. I don't like the numbers that are being floated around out there. I never would, I like, uh, I never thought that Willie would be coming back, honestly. I'm a little bit surprised that they're talking extension just because he has value now. And like, you're in a position that you've got to, I don't know what to do, honestly. They're in. 
bit of a shit show right now, honestly. If that's what they want to do, they want to keep the core together and give them all raises because they've done so much and so much for Toronto in terms of success. I mean, yeah, regular season is great at all, but... I mean, fuck, dude. Like, you have to have some playoff success. And, I mean, yeah, they made it to the second round last year, but they didn't look good doing it. So, like, how much, how successful is that really? So, those are some rumors floating around right now, That, but they're, like, pretty concrete rumors. So, I'm nervous about it. Leaf fans listening, how would you feel about a Matthews extension? Do you think he deserves a raise? Am I a, am I a douche? Am I being too crazy about it? Honestly, I think they gave him a raise, like a big raise on that first deal. I think that was way more money than he needed, way more money than he was worth. And I feel like I'm right over Like, yeah, you got a 60-goal season in there, but everything else, like $12 million? Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I love him. I love Matthews. I love Nylander. Marner? Nah, not so much. But I mean, fuck, dude. If those if those are the numbers, that's gonna be scary. William Nylander at nine. Like, are we okay with that? Like, is William Nylander a million dollars less than than Marner? I mean, oh man, I just I don't know. I don't know. So there's that. We have uh, also uh, the Sheldon Keith fiasco continues. I mean, is this guy gonna get signed? Is he not? Do they like him? Do they hate him? Like, I really I don't know because like there's. There's like two sides to the story. It's like, yeah, on one side, Sheldon Keefe is in fact the most winning. He has the highest winning percentage of any Leafs coach ever. Uh, it's not the biggest track record, but it's true. He, he is. And But then on the other side, every time they go into a playoff run with this guy, he seems to get outcoached by everybody and very badly. So... I don't know, man. Like, there's really not that many coaches out there available. I mean, there is Gallant, but, like, could maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe. It wouldn't be the worst thing, I, I don't think. But, again, I like Sheldon Keith. I think he's great. I just think maybe he'd be better as an assistant, maybe. But then, like, assistant coach, uh, coaches tend to be the nicer guys. But I just really don't know, man. I don't think Keith, again, is really allowed to say what he wants to say. We can remember back in the early earlier days of this past season where Keith actually called out, like, Matthews and Marner. And then the next day he had to come back, walk back that statement, and actually apologize. Like, okay, so clearly... It almost seems like the the prisoners are running the asylum here in Toronto a little bit. Like, I think maybe Matthews, Marner, maybe they have a little bit more influence than it's perceived to be. I'm not sure, but I hope not because that never works out. That's always, always led to disaster when, when you have the players trying to make decisions for you. It's going to not work out. So I would like that cap hit to be like $12 million. I would be, yes, fine. Good with $12 million for Matthews. Minor upgrade in Bay. I'm, I'd be fine with that. But I just really don't think he's deserved it, in all honesty. As a diehard Leaf fan and an Austin Matthews fan, I got, like, three of his jerseys. I got tons of his pictures in my fucking room. I love the guy. But Jesus. All right, so now that we're on extension talk, let's talk about some extensions that actually got signed. We got Jesper Bratt signs the eight-year extension worth $7.85 million per season. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of deal that you sign that can get you a Stanley Cup. That is over a point-of-game player, in and around point-of-game player, excellent player, eight-year deal, under $8 million. That's how you do it right there. I mean, you got Jack Hughes. No one's going to be making more than Jack Hughes on that team. I love it. I love that signing for them. Now, I feel a little bit nervous with Brad that maybe he's that kind of guy that once he gets his money, the play drops off a little bit. 
I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know he's been pushing for that money hard. And now that he's got it, maybe that drive to play that hard is, is a little bit less, but we'll just have to wait and see. Happy that they were able to keep him. I was nervous that maybe they'd lose him. And then they still have Timo Meyer that they got to try and uh, get extended as well. And there are, the talks are in going. They're looking at an eight-year deal. Honestly, I think they may have a, you know, they might be able to spend that money better in other places. But we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. We have Sean Monahan getting a one-year extension with the Montreal Canadiens for, it's basically $2 million. Totally fine with that signing. He seemed to really like it there in Montreal. The team seemed to like him. The fans seemed to like him. I'm good with this. I mean, it's maybe a little bit more than other teams would pay for him, but Montreal has has the cap. They could probably use a, a solid center depth kind of guy with some experience, especially with the all the young guys around. You know, Sean Monahan's been through it a little bit, so he could probably uh, ease ease the the newer guys into the NHL a little bit. I really like the signing. There's really no risk to that. Speaking of no risk, you got Derek Ryan signing a two year extension with the Oilers worth 950k. Uh, no problem with that. Kind of a bottom six depth forward. He seemed fine. And that's pretty much it for all the signings right here. We got a little bit more news for the Philadelphia Flyers. They are returning to their burnt orange jersey style. So last few seasons, they've kind of gone with a traffic cone orange, kind of bright, a little vibrant. I didn't hate it, but yeah, kind of the, the burnt orange is definitely more of the Philadelphia Flyer look. So nice to see that they're going back to that. I mean, fans are probably happy. They don't have a whole lot to be happy about right now, I would imagine. But I mean, hey, you get burnt orange back. So there's that. And then just a quick congratulations. I'm a little bit late on this, but congratulations to the Denver Nuggets winning their first NBA championship. I mean, Jokic and Jamal Murray. I mean, that's dope. Jamal Murray, Canadian basketball player, really good. Happy to see them win it. I honestly thought they've already won a championship, but apparently I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm definitely a... um, uh, I don't know. I'm like a part-time fan of the NBA. Like when the Raptors went on their big run, won the championship, I was all in and watched all the games, became a huge Raptors fan. It was fucking amazing. And then Kawhi broke my heart and left Toronto. And it really hasn't been the same for me in basketball since. I loved Kawhi Leonard, man. Even though I know people don't like him. He was just, fuck man, that dude in the playoffs there. He was so clutch. I loved him so much, but yeah, so congratulations to the Nuggets. That's really awesome for them. I honestly, I just, I didn't partake in really any basketball whatsoever this year. It's uh, definitely with the addition of me doing the podcast over the last year, that extra time that would probably go to NBA games has kind of gone away. So I didn't get to watch any of the playoffs. I didn't watch anything, especially with the Raptors not being all that successful right now. Really don't have a whole lot to cheer for. I mean... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, just a congratulations, quick congratulations, that is great for them. All right, let's move on now to the unrestricted free agency talk. So I'm going to go through some of the big names that are going to be out there, and maybe we'll discuss how much they might make, where they're going to end up going. Let's just, let's just dive into the list, and let's just see where it goes. So we're going to start out with the first name. This one, I was like, oh yeah, this guy is totally... Um, a free agent, and he could potentially get paid a lot. We got Dmitry Orlov, or Bobby Orlov, as people were calling him, because when he got to Boston, oh my goodness, did it ever look like that guy was, like, the perfect fit. He was put, I think he put up, like, six points in his first two games or something. It was amazing. And then after that, kind of cooled off. Didn't have, they didn't have that great playoff run, obviously, but... 
Orlov is definitely one of the, if not the biggest name defensemen out there in the free agent market this year. So someone's going to go after him. Maybe even Washington tries to get him to come back because like they need defensemen. So maybe they can get him to come back. What is his price going to be? I would imagine it's going to be over six million, maybe even seven, seven and a half million dollars for a guy like Orlov. That is a, depending on the team, you know, a, a power play quarterback potential top lining I don't think he's a top two defenseman in this league but you know some teams could use him on on a top two pairing more than likely he'd be better suited as a second pair or maybe you know I think on Boston he was set on the third pair but that's Boston right that's something else so where could Orlov potentially end up I mean it really it depends what he wants does he want money or does he want to win cups I mean I think he's already got his cup with Washington, so I would say this is his opportunity to cash in. So I would expect for him to try and get uh, potentially that seven-year deal. I don't think Boston's going to be able to re-sign him. I imagine they would really like to, but I don't know. That defense is looking pretty good. I just don't know if they're going to be able to afford him as well. So going to be interesting to see where Orlov ends up. We got Barbashev. Ivan Barbashev is definitely going to get some money right here. The dude looked amazing as a Vegas Golden Knight. I imagine Vegas would would really love to have this guy back, but he's probably going to get paid, man. I mean, he's had some good seasons in the past. I believe he's hit 60 points before. He was amazing in the playoffs. Obviously, a very... A uh, very important piece to the Vegas Golden Knights run. He he did a little bit of everything, man. He can hit. He can he can score. He can get in your face. He's definitely a playoff kind of guy. Uh, definitely, definitely, and that is going to be a very hot commodity going into the unrestricted free agency. So. Where is this guy, guy going to go and how much money could he make? Again, I feel like this is a guy that could potentially bring in six to seven million dollars with with term. And the teams teams are going to be looking at him. It's going to be teams that are hoping to go on playoff runs, you would imagine. I also like the idea, someone floated the idea, I believe this is on Chicklets, that maybe Barbashev could go to Chicago. This Chicago could be a hot spot right now because they got Bedard going there. So maybe people want to get in on the Bedard train early. What if they add in Barbashev and they make that his winger? Like you got a guy, Barbashev's two cups, got the experience, he's intense, he's physical, he could score, he looks like he could be a potential, a good line mate for a, for a superstar to have on his line, so maybe a Bedard and, and Barbashev line could work for Chicago, they have the money, they can give him a lot, they can give him money, they can give him terms, so maybe that works, but I think he would be more keen on going to a team that is more on a win-now situation, you would think, but again, he's got two cups already, so I don't know how much, how badly he really wants that third one. Again, I feel like he's in a position right now, a beautiful position where he can cash in and get a lot of money. I don't think he's going to have a better opportunity than right now to get his money, and I think that's what he's going to do. So whatever team can throw the most money at him, I feel like that's where he's going to go. Then you got Ryan O'Reilly, who appears to be going back to St. Louis, but, you know, that's uh, until someone maybe throws a stupid amount of money at his face, then maybe he won't be going back to St. Louis. But how much is Ryan O'Reilly really worth? I mean, he had a just dog shit season with St. Louis at the beginning there. He was, the offense, it looked like his offensive career was done. Like, he just 
couldn't get any points. He comes to Toronto, puts up a hat trick, looking pretty good, but he doesn't, you know, he's still not that that Ryan O'Reilly that we're, we're used to. So I don't know how much that a Ryan O'Reilly would necessarily fetch right now. Now you definitely got, he's got the resume, Stanley Cup, Con Smythe, all that great stuff. So probably going to get some extra bucks because of that, but I can't really see him make it much more than like two, maybe three million. I don't know, man. Like I think he can go to St. Louis and give him a hometown discount, but maybe he goes back to Buffalo and just tries to redeem uh, his thoughts about Buffalo. Wouldn't that be fucking wild? So I don't know. I, I Like I said, I don't know where any of these guys going, but um, I can only speculate. You got Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane could very well go back to Chicago. Another guy, you know, definitely his big paydays are probably over now. So I can see Patrick Kane. I don't think he's like at that, like I'm making under a million dollars, like that kind of deal, like friendly deal. I don't think he wants to be doing that kind of thing. He's still got the name. He's still got talent. He's still a talented forward. It's just like, how hurt is he? He's got to go through that off season surgery now. So damaged goods potentially being bought up here. So I mean, teams are definitely going to want to lock him in short term. He's probably going to want like two or three years. Teams aren't going to be hot on that. So there's going to be some discussion where Patrick Kane lands. It's going to, I would think it to be a playoff team. I don't think Patrick Kane really wants to fuck around with uh, a rebuild kind of situation and his career is wrapping up. So I think he wants to maybe go out with a bang instead of a whimper. So I can see Patrick Kane fucking around going to somewhere Maybe Buffalo, man. Maybe this time Buffalo, it works. They can get him on a more team-friendly deal. He lives there, or he's from Buffalo. So I think that would be really cool if they can get Patrick Kane over there. That'd be a lot of fun. Got Matt Dumba. We talk about Matt Dumba. It's already kind of written in stone for a bit now that he won't be returning to Minnesota. And, I mean, again, he's going to be a bit of a hot commodity out there in the free agency market. Right-handed defenseman. Not a lot of right-handed defensemen out there available. And just not a lot of defensemen in general. So, yeah, Dumba more than likely going to get paid in and around what he's making now, which... I mean, everyone's uh, Minnesota fans ask them. I think he's a bit overpaid, a little bit overrated, but I still like Dumba, man. I always liked him, uh, especially in his junior days on Team Canada when he was just blasting people with big hits. Love that. But uh, he's a quality defenseman. You know, I would say top four. Probably good. I think a lot of these guys could be making in around six, seven million dollars. So maybe Dumba can slide in, find somewhere successful for five, but. I think that's I think that's dreaming right now, honestly. So Matt Dumba is going to be out there. Where does he end up? You got uh, Tarasenko, so I doubt he's going to be coming back to St. Louis. He didn't really seem to be that happy with St. Louis when he left. Uh, fuck, where did he even end up? Where he's in New York, wasn't he? Okay, yeah, that didn't go very well for him. So. No, no, where the hell he's going to go. Someone's going to take him. How much money is this guy going to want? I mean, he didn't make the biggest impact when he got there in New York. He's kind of been up and down. I mean, he had a bounce back season there in St. Louis. Still a good player, but, you know, he's definitely on the back nine of the career. So how much money is this guy going to make? I would I would guess maybe two, three million dollars. But depending on the team, if it's a team like I, I doubt he would go somewhere like Arizona or anything like that. I feel like the price would be more. But if he wants to be on a competitive team, probably around two, three million dollars. I would be thinking that'd be all right. And you got Bertuzzi, so that one's interesting. Like I said, you got 
uh, big kind of physical guys are going to be kind of a in thing. I would imagine this offseason, Bertuzzi, fairly physical, kind of big, had a good run there with Boston. He looked good in the playoffs. So someone's going to want to add him. I imagine a playoff team is going to want to add this guy into the roster or potentially a team that's on the cusp, like uh, not saying Vancouver would go after him. Well, Vancouver's barely on the cusp. How, how dare I? Uh, Detroit, maybe. Uh, bring him back. I don't know. I doubt it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, this guy's price could be very interesting. I hope someone doesn't overpay him too, too much, but I could see four, four and a half, five and a half billion dollars on this guy with some term. I think that's going to be a contract with some uh, regrets behind it, uh, signing this guy, but he could end up being a really good playoff piece for somebody out there. Got Alex Kalorn. Speaking of playoff pieces, I mean, Tampa fans are going to be crying in the streets when this guy finally leaves, but uh, someone else is going to be dying for this guy. Maybe a team like the Panthers that are going to want to add maybe more size, more grit, uh, more uh, playoff experience. A guy like Kalorn could definitely fill that need. So maybe he goes to a team like that, a team that was really, really close. Uh, sadly, his days look like they're done here in Tampa, but he could also very well just you know, maybe kick the shoes off, take a big payday and go somewhere like Chicago, go to Anaheim, take the payday and just fucking relax. You have your cups. You had great runs. You're beloved in Tampa. So maybe he just relaxes. I really wouldn't blame him for that, but you got to imagine that playoff bound teams are going to be knocking his door down. Like, please play with us. God, like probably similar to the to the way that Palat was was quite coveted when he left Tampa, big playoff performer, and then New Jersey scooped him up, and he's done pretty well for them, you know, with some injuries in there, so yeah. Uh, you got Michael Bunting, so it looks like he won't be coming back to Toronto. Uh, he's shown that he can play with stars and be effective, 50-60 points. Definitely has a track record there with the with the Leafs. I mean, sorry, with the referees. Will that follow him from Toronto to wherever else he goes? Maybe not right away, but in time, yeah, it'll probably probably be there again. Uh, I don't think like Bunting can't change the way that he's played. He, we saw him try that in Toronto. He became uh, a shell of himself. So that grit, that that intensity, that temper, whatever that is, it, he's got it, and he's going to bring it. That's part of his game. That's what makes him good. But, um, I, I mean, someone's going to be interested. Honestly, I think he's going to the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, going to play with Sidney Crosby. That's where I think he could fit in, maybe do quite well for himself over there. So if I'm, I'll pick the Penguins for like probably four or $5 million. I mean, he's been pretty good for Toronto. He's a little bit of everything, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say that he's like playing power, not top power play minutes or even penalty kill, but he can he can be an effective guy on a wing with Crosby, I think. So maybe that's a good fit for him there. So Michael Bunting, where do you think that guy ends up? He's definitely not going to be on Toronto. Got Max Domi. It really seems like he's going to go back and probably be a Chicago Blackhawk again. He seemed to really enjoy it over there. He did pretty well for himself when he got traded to Dallas. Thought he was a good fit. So more than likely, you could see him getting signed by Chicago, getting traded again at the deadline by them, send him off to a team that is on their way to the playoffs, and maybe he, they just recycle. They keep doing this. One-year deal, trade them, back to free agency, bring them back, trade them. That could be a relationship that works. Uh, we'll see how that goes for Max Domi. Goss spare. I mean, another defenseman. He could put up points. Can't play defense, though. So someone's going to take him. I don't think he's going to bring in a lot of money. He didn't do that well with Carolina. Definitely had a good run with Arizona. Maybe he run, He goes back there. He seemed to fit in really good there. You got Radcal Gudis. Uh, potentially may not be coming back to Florida. He could, but 
Chances are he may not. It's a good chance he can get more money going somewhere else than he will out of Florida. Though he's been very good for Florida. I think he played for Philadelphia. I don't know, man. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't hate him to come to play for Toronto or something. But, I mean, we have Luke Shen. Luke Shen's kind of the big guy. So, I don't know. But, definitely... Like I said, it's going to be trendy. Trendy pick to get big blue liners on your on your blue lines. So Gudis is going to go somewhere, probably for a team that is going to be playoff bound. I could see him going to like the Bruins or something, just just because. And it's probably going to be pretty hefty. I could see like four or five million dollars on Gudis because of what he brings to the table. Not a lot of players do that right now. So yeah, I can see Gudis getting some money right up in here. And then I'll finish it off with one goaltender, uh, Talbot. So. Guy's definitely not doesn't want to come back to Ottawa. He wants to be a starting goaltender, so it's more than likely going to be a team that's looking for a starting goaltender. Maybe he goes to Philadelphia. Maybe the trade goes down with Kata Hot. He gets sent out. They bring in a Talbot. And then you have an older veteran goaltender with a younger guy in Peterson. Maybe there's some love there. Maybe he goes back to Edmonton and... Well, that makes no sense. Edmonton can't afford him. But he was successful there in Edmonton for a second. Maybe he tries. I don't know, man. But someone's going to be. There's a lot of goaltenders out there, I feel, in this market. It looks like a lot of goaltenders could be getting shifted. There's Freddie Anderson's available. Anti Ranta. I imagine one of them, not both, but one of them is more than likely going to get taken by Carolina. They'll re-sign one of them. But I, I can't see him doing both. So there's going to be some goalies out there in free agency as well. But I think that is everything that we're going to talk about this week. We might take a look at draft, actually, here. Okay, we'll we'll talk about the draft a little bit here. Um, since it's so close, uh, we well, we already know that Connor Bedard is obviously going to be the first overall pick going to Chicago. But then after that, even the second overall pick, which some people believe is written in stone, Adam Fantilli going to the Ducks... I don't know, man. It sounds like they're... I mean, this kind of happens every single draft that's like, oh, but wait, maybe this guy goes here. Uh, This draft, though, it's been said a gajillion times, supposed to be a very stacked draft. So, honestly, after pick two, it could be a variety of people. A lot of people believe that it will be Adam Fantilli going second. I I do as well. I'm, I'm good with Adam Fantilli going there. I I really like Leo Carlson. He's got... Uh, more NHL-ready size, and I'm hoping that Columbus is going to go after him. Uh, They definitely need centers, so hoping that they can bring in Leo Carlson. I don't think think anyone other than Connor Bedard is going to be playing in the NHL right out of the gate. There might be some other ones, but as far as I'm hearing, it sounds like a lot of these players are also going to be probably a year away from making the team and probably for the sake of let's say if Adam Fantilli goes to the Ducks it might be in uh, his better favor to just stay in wherever he is the juniors or whatever or something like that but I mean there's a lot of good things about Fantilli I mean he was uh, the Hobie Baker he got a gold at the world juniors and the world championships he looks like he's really fucking good but uh, I like I just I I'm, I I don't know if I would pick Leo Carlson over. I honestly don't think you can go wrong with either of these guys. I think they're both going to be number one centers in the NHL at some point. It's just I don't know. I just like the size of this guy a little bit more. Uh, he has nice skills and confidence, good skater as well, and a, and of course he's got the size. Looking if Columbus doesn't draft. You know, either whichever happens, I think it's going to be between Adam Fantilli and or, or not and or, but Leo Carlson. It just depends what the Ducks are going to do. It really sounds like 
they're going with Fantilli, but who knows, right? This is going to be a really fun draft uh, because you just really don't know outside of the top three. Like, it seems like the top three, like I said, is solidified, but I would say the only one that is like 100% solidified is Connor Bedard. I wouldn't be overly surprised if Leo Carlson goes to the Ducks if they're looking for more NHL-ready size, maybe a guy that can get in there right away. Maybe they take Leo Carlson over Fantilli, but... We'll just have to wait for the draft day. And then there's the Mishkov situation. So this guy, I mean, potentially on paper, they're saying that he has second overall skill in this draft. Now, the big thing about Mishkov is that he is signed with the KHL and he won't be, he's got another three years on that deal. So he's going, he won't be able to come to the NHL for a minimum of three years. So you're looking at teams that maybe are just getting into a rebuild right now. Maybe a San Jose, if he can fall down that far, I think San Jose might be pretty into grabbing him up. I know it's it's a little bit risky, but looking at other players that have gone through a similar situation like this, Evgeny Malkin and Kuznetsov, they came into the NHL and they were very, very good. It just, I think it's going to come down. This guy more than likely is going to drop. He's going to drop because of that. You got to wait three years. And with a lot of the other um, prospects, it's probably a year, maybe two. But honestly, if I'm picking, um, if I have a, the choice of picking a prospect that's going to be ready in two years, but maybe has a top, maybe outside the top five skill. I would be pushing for Mishkov, honestly. This guy, he could potentially be the second best overall player to come out of this draft. It just might take him a little bit. So teams are going to be scared away from that without question. And also back to Fantilli v. Leo, Leo Carlson again, that trend that's going on in the NHL right now of size over over smaller guys maybe the Ducks want to grab a bigger center over Fantilli maybe that's something they're thinking about in terms of other guys you know there's I've heard uh good things about uh, so we got Will Smith the freaking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air now this guy this is the thing about virtually every prospect that's outside of that top three um when you're looking at say like the top four or five draft rankings from all the different websites and stuff they vary you have some guys that are top five with with uh, one website and then they're outside the top 15 with another website it's kind of all over the place there aren't that many people who are pretty much in agreement of where these guys are going to go but Will Smith is definitely up there he he's got a um, I honestly haven't heard all that much about him but he seems to be a uh, dynamic center so I mean Montreal they could I mean you can't really go wrong with picking a center a lot of people want Will Smith to go to Philadelphia you know Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the whole born and raised Philadelphia so rather he goes to Philadelphia or he's going to what is it San Jose California something like that I don't know but Will Smith he's uh you got some pretty good uh centers here in the top 10 so probably going I mean centers are generally more coveted than wingers but then let's take a look at some of the defensemen here so the one that uh is drawing the most interest is uh let me see if I could just find his name here it's something like Redenbacher or something here just got David Reinbacher so he is the top ranked defenseman in this draft as far as I can tell there's a couple of other guys that are like creeping around but it seems that uh Mr. David Reinbacher is what appears to be the consensus best defenseman in this draft. 
So there is potential that this guy, he might get taken earlier by a team that is trying to address a defensive need instead of picking uh, best player available. And just on that discussion, I'm on the side of just take the best player available. Don't always draft by need because... You know, let's just say, for example, that you need a defenseman now, and then Reinbacher, you you draft him, and maybe he's not ready for three or four years. So that need is still not necessarily getting, you know, uh, dealt with right away. And you know, there's there's other there's better ways to address a need right now other than right through the draft because rarely do players uh, through the draft are going to be able to fill that need. Uh, it's very rare for players to come in and be that good. So you could see a team that really needs defense, go for him a little bit earlier than other players. Uh, we're, a lot of people, ever since the was last year, right, that Shane Wright dropped to four, there's definitely a lot of concern that, like, oh, shit, what if, like, there's there's people thinking that Mishkov could drop, like, down to eight. He could fall all the way to seven. It's going to be very interesting. I think it would be really, really interesting if he falls all the way down to the Washington Capitals at eight. I mean, I think they would gladly draft another Russian potential superstar that can come in maybe at the later dates of Ovechkin and then they can maybe just lead into the next era of dominating Russian forward. Who knows? That I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and Man, there's, there's a couple wingers here. You got Zach Benson. I don't know if he has any relation to Tyler Benson. I'm not sure, but hopefully his... His situation goes a little bit better than Benson. You have uh, Ryan Leonard. He seems to be a higher-ranked winger as well. And um, there was that Brandon Yeager guy. I always, I thought um, it seems like his stock has dropped a little bit here in the draft. I believe at the beginning of the year he was like a top five, but he has fallen out just a little bit. So I am extremely interested. I can't wait to see how this draft is going to go down. People are, I don't know, it's rather they think there's going to be, people are hyping up there's going to be maybe too many trades, there's just, and maybe we're going to see less than what people are expecting out of the draft, but I think there's definitely going to be some trades. You might be seeing some teams moving up or down in the draft because, like we said, there's a lot of really good potential talented players in this draft, so teams might feel okay more confident that hey we can move down we can get this guy later let's try and get a later pick and an asset something like that I feel like Vancouver's probably going to be busy they're going to do something a lot of their fans are begging and pleading that they don't trade away that first rounder they're they really need defense they need a lot of stuff right so they could definitely use some defense maybe they go for one of the defenders if one of them falls late there is a guy I think it's like Salander or something like that pick I don't know it's like a weird name but uh, Vancouver fans are kind of eyeing up that guy because he kind of seems like uh, kind of fits the mold of defensemen that they've drafted in the past. So maybe they take him. I, I heard that he is an undersized defenseman. So again, that might hurt his draft stock. So we might see. Um, I, I I hope we're not going back to that era where you're just drafting size over skill because that's uh, that's proven especially in leaf history it's proven to not work out in the past so i hope teams uh, you're gonna see some steals in this draft for sure you're gonna see some smaller guys that maybe have high skill but don't have that size teams might not uh be as interested as prior years so we might see them fall we might see a debrin cats kind of situation where everyone knows how talented this guy is but the size scares everyone off and he drops really really far down and someone gets him for a for a fucking steal so i have my eye on the draft i've been hearing about these prospects but honestly until they get picked 
And they we're, even then, even after they get picked, we got to wait until they get their feet wet into the NHL. So it's going to be a while. The only thing that I can say for certain is that Bedard is going to be a Chicago Blackhawks. So that is going to be that. Uh, there's also the announcement for the Hall of Fame, but they're not doing that until 3 freaking p.m. I'm not waiting around for another like hour for them to announce this. We all know that Hendrik Lundqvist is going to be headlining that class. I mean... But I, I would love to have Alexander McGillney finally get in there. That would be amazing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not all that big on Hall of Fame stuff just in general. Like the Music Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a joke. Like Hall of Fame's eh, not that big on them anyway. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see which names are going to be in there. Which names do you think are going to be uh, going into the Hall of Fame? I, I got Lundquist. I mean, it should be uh, safe to say that that guy, first ballot Hall of Famer. I believe this is his first year to be eligible, so should be going right in, Hendrik Lundquist, so that'll be cool. And I think that is it for for me this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. Been, uh, what are we doing here? What, what day are we on? Wednesday? So yeah, we got the hockey cast. Uh, we're going to be doing the WrestleCast this weekend. It's a big weekend for me and wrestling. My wife and I are going to two AEW shows in Toronto this weekend. So I'm going to be um, not here. So I don't know how, if everything's going to go up. It just may not be in the normal time frame. Probably, I'm thinking that I might just do a, a separate WrestleCast uh, for the review of Collision, where I'm going to be there live, and I'll probably uh, put it in with the review of Forbidden Door, which I'll also be there live. So I'll probably just do that in one package and kind of just do like my first uh, live experience with AEW review kind of deal, and I'll be there just going to watch the show, enjoy the show. I'm not going to sit there and take notes and crap. I'm just going to kind of experience it, and then we'll talk about it uh, at some point. So, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Monday will be a gamer cast. It might be Tuesdays. I think we might be moving the gamer cast to Tuesdays because the WrestleCast getting moved over to Sundays. I don't know if people want to have podcasts Sunday and Monday or if you want them spread out. If you have a, a, you know, whatever works for y'all, that's that's cool with me. But the next gamer cast will be Persona 4. Finally finished that one off. Finished off Final Fantasy 6 the other night. So that'll be the next, next episode. So you can look forward to that. If you want to send in questions for those games, you can send them in now. Uh, these episodes are now getting uploaded to YouTube. So you can go over to YouTube. If you want to watch them over there, you can watch them now. They're over there on the YouTube channel. The links are down below. You can watch Resident Evil Village Let's Play that's going on over there as well. That is just about done, and I'm probably going to be moving on to a Telltale game. Next, I'm looking at Batman. I'm kind of eyeing up Batman. I think that might be fun, uh, and def- definitely a different Telltale game that isn't, you know, Game of Th- or uh, not Game of Thrones, uh, Walking Dead. I also have the Game of Thrones one, but yeah. Uh, that's what we're looking at for the next week or so here with plans. You can go back and check out the prior episode of the GX GamerCast where I did my first impressions of Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda. You might have heard of it, so I go through my first impressions of the first 50 hours or so. Spoiler free, so if you're on the fence maybe for some reason about Tears of the Kingdom, you can go over there. Maybe it'll sell you on it and all that great stuff so again thank you everybody so much for listening we'll be back again next week we'll be talking more about uh 
uh, hockey and stuff. I just blacked out for a second. I'll be going more in depth with the Hall of Fame stuff when they picked, and maybe we'll go through some of the guys that are still getting snubbed from the Hockey Hall of Fame. So that'll be it for me. Thank you again so much for listening. You can follow the links down below. There's a Twitter page, email address, YouTube channel. So if you want to send in questions, get involved with the show, get involved with the community, be my guest. I highly encourage that. That would be awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. We're so close to the weekend. We're so freaking close.